0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tellboard Misfits Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Meredith, and joined by my co-host, Gunnar Michelle. Hey, guys, what's up? All right, well, uh, we just want to continue to thank everybody for all the, the likes and the shares and all the good feedback we've been getting. Um, it's been pretty awesome to know there's so many other like-minded people out there. Um, y'all just keep sharing us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us, um, Podcast is available on Apple and Spotify at this time. We're working on getting it on other platforms, but that's what we have for now. So y'all keep sharing and getting the good word out. Uh, Anyways, we wrapped up doing, uh, on the last show, we talked some more about retention and and recruitment. And uh, we're going to move on today. We're going to talk a little bit about experience. Ready for it. About to be a good one. Might be real fucking funny. Uh, Gunner Gunner been waiting on this one because I got certain views about experience that may not be the... uh, the most uh, popular answers to stuff, but uh, we're just going to dive right into it. Um, Experience is a real thing in the fire service. Um, It's everything in the fire service. and I'm just going to go ahead and make it very clear that experience is calls made and reps made doing the job. That is what experience is. Um, There's a whole lot of other stuff that people want to run around and say uh you know they have experience in this and they have experienced that but the bottom line if you ain't made the runs you haven't seen the cause you haven't had the exposures to all the different types of environment that you can be as a firefighter seeing either on the medical field different fires uh you know whether it's residential commercial industrial uh car fires you name it you only get that experience by doing it and i don't really give a shit what anybody says um You know, There's three main things going on right now that flat ass, it's not experience. Um, Sucking the Chief's dick, riding his ass, being a yes man is not experience. It may get you promoted, and it may get you to the top, but that shit at the end of the day is not experience. That will not take away your ability to see a scene, make good decisions, see the clear picture of everything that's going on. Just because you're Chief's boy don't mean you know what the fuck you're doing um that's that's just bottom line um making those reps knowing what you're looking at when you're you're sitting if you're sitting in that battalion car you're sitting in that officer seat and you're rolling up on scene being able to look at a scene know what's going on especially you know if it's a fire wreck incident anything like that the only way that you're going to know what to do where to park what the next step's gonna be, the assignments to give, all that kind of stuff is 100% by doing it. Um, Another main thing going on, you know, is we're kinda in a cert-happy environment right now. Everybody wants certification. Certification, certification, certification. Well, guess what, I got several of them, and uh, they're a tool in the toolbox, that's it. Uh, A certification is, is a next level of education. Yes, it gives you some exposure, um, to could be would be theories. Uh, some of it is written in blood, but a lot of it at this point is not. And um, I heard a quote a long time ago. Old head said uh, one time that uh, he never saw a textbook put a fire out. Well, that's a, that's the truth. Um, you can be uh, any kind of certification you want. I don't know all the different certs that different states have, but here in Texas, we you know we have different levels of. Certifications for driving and different level. You have your wildland firefighter. You have different levels of your actual firefighter certification, whether it's intermediate, advanced, master firefighter, um, and that stuff's great. Um, it's definitely it's definitely stuff that you need to get information, you need to obtain, education, you need to obtain. But it is not the end all be all. It still cannot replace making the runs. Um, that's just. That's flat out how I see it. Uh, Like it, don't like it, I don't really care. Uh, I've been around a lot of guys, and they had a million more certifications than I did, and at the end of the day, who put the fire out? Well, guess what? The battalion chief still relied on me to put the fire out. They look good on paper, and they may get a job over me, and they may get promoted, but that doesn't really mean shit in the broad scheme of things. Their credibility is not there. You can have all the certs in the world, and your guys on your crew don't give a shit. It's the experience. It's the, the knowledge. When you go in and you're telling the firefighter that's on the nozzle in front of you and you're an officer and you go in and you tell them to turn right instead of turning left, it's not a certification that tells you that. It's, uh, it's the experience of you being able to look around and know know what you're looking at, knowing what your conditions are, um, knowing what's needed. It's the experience that gives you that ability. Um, yeah. What
1: do you that- got? Yeah. So how often do you see that? Like, you know, guys that claim to have this experience and stuff, and they tell all these stories and all this and that, and but they are telling other people's stories. Every they,
0: fucking day. Every fucking day.
1: And so does that – have you ever been in a situation where that's pretty much showed itself on the fire grounds or showed itself on a wreck?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, when you pull up and you got this on the radio all the damn time and they're screaming because they're panicking. That means they don't have any experience. That means that they don't know what the fuck is going on.
1: That's when you know you're fucked. <laughs> that's, no, that's whenever
0: you do, like myself and, and another officer, when we worked opposite each other uh, in side by side districts. We'd make a, um, you know, a bad rec- extrication, fire, anything. Flat ass man, we were running the scene. Because uh, I knew what he wanted, he knew what I wanted. We did the shit in the tank. she sat in the car. I don't even know what the fuck he was doing. Half the time I guess he was on the phone taking pictures, looking cool to post on Facebook about how awesome a chief he was. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, it absolutely 100% shows. And nine times out of ten, those guys that are running around doing that stuff, um, they correlate hand in hand. Those guys that are doing that are nothing but a, a walking certification, they're also a chief's boy. I mean, let's just be honest, that's, that's usually the way it goes. Um, hate it for them, but they have no credibility. Their guys laugh at them behind their back. They, they know that they're a joke, um, and that's not really – that's not how this business is supposed to be. No. You know, I know uh, you come from the military. How many times did you have, you know, like an NCO or something that's already made multiple deployments? They know their shit. Hundred percent through and through every enlisted guy underneath them. They trust them 100%. If they say, you know, we're going to move right, then everybody moves right because this guy's already been through this shit. He's gotten people out alive. He knows what's going on. But then you have an officer that come in that, you know, brand new, just came out of college, has every certification education in the world, but he doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. And he can get everybody killed because he doesn't know he's doing, but he wants to be boastful because he's got the paperwork behind his name.
1: Yes, and so that's definitely a common practice in the military, but a lot of times, you know, at least in the Marine Corps and infantry that I can speak of, is that that relationship's already there. And so the staff NCO knows that he's getting a brand new green guy. And the green guy that's LT knows that he's coming into a position where the staff sergeant's going to know everything. And the staff sergeant's pretty much running that platoon. And um, and I know there's probably been you know situations where it wasn't like that. Someone probably had too much of an ego, went straight to combat, and, you know, you probably got some guys killed because he wouldn't, you know, rely on the experience of the staff NCO to make, you know, final decisions. But that staff NCO's job is solely to protect those guys because the way that the Marine Corps is set up, you're going to have a brand new LT. Unless he's uh, my first LT, he was a Mustang, so he was enlisted prior oh, and okay. seen a lot of combat experience and he went the officer route. So obviously his experiences was credited. And he was treated as such. I got you. Yeah. But I haven't been put in a situation of where I had an LT come and try to big dick us and do this and that. He was a lot more observant. You, and you could tell that I think they have some kind of unwritten w- rule in their little OCS academy. Hey, if you listen to these motherfuckers, it's going to be bad for you. I got you. And I think the CEO, you know, the top dog, articulates that as well to him, you know. But in the fire service, I do see there's a lot more difference because essentially the chief rank – is designed to have to go through all billets and he's yes it's designed to we're supposed to go through all billets and have all this experience and that's how he's supposed to be at that chief spot
0: yep yeah and uh that that's something i've been seeing a drastic change and you know we just come off of a series talking about retention and recruitment and i'm here to tell you nine out of ten departments that can't keep people it's because they're top brass no experience they, they might claim to, but they don't. They're either, they have a degree that allows them to uh, be in a position where they can apply for that open vacancy. Um, and, you know, a city administration doesn't have a clue. City manager, mayor, and all that, they, they don't understand. They see a guy, oh, yeah, he's a certified firefighter, and he's got a degree. Okay, well, let's bring him in the door. He gets in there and talks good. Boom, he's in the door. Now he's a damn chief. I mean, I personally worked for a guy that was a firefighter paramedic One fucking year on ambulance, one year, and then he made chief. One fucking year, and then you can tell it, man. He get on scene. He's he's a he's a shit show. It's a it's a panic show, and you're like, what is going on? And then of course you know everything transpires after that because at that point, if you don't have the experience to back up on your resume, you can't be an effective chief because you're scared for your job at all times Mm -hmm. because you can't walk out the door and get another job and then now that you've been a chief you know how hard it is to go from being a fire chief head fire chief and then on your resume you're a one-year firefighter you can't even go get a firefighter job anywhere because they're gonna be like wait weren't you a chief why were you a city chief and then now you're trying to come over here and be a firefighter like how'd you get run off from that blah blah blah." you know it just makes you look absolutely terrible so you're in a horrible spot Mm -hmm. absolutely horrible spot And so to me, I I don't even see why you put yourself in that position besides a a serious ego problem, but you know, whatever, I I don't, I'm not that person. So I can't, uh, can't make that determination, but I can say that experience is real. Uh, and it's, it's making the calls. It's not even years of service. I'm so tired of hearing people say, well, I got this many years in the fire service. I got, I, I got this many, I got been in for 30 years, 25 years. What? Okay. That, to me, doesn't mean shit. Now, where, where I come from, the area I worked in, if a guy told me he worked for Houston Fire Department for 30 years, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. You're talking about an agency that's running 1,500 calls a day. He's not able to dodge calls. That person, whether you know their first five years there, they are getting their ass ran in the ground. There's no change in that at all whatsoever. Um, that's just how it is. So that person, okay, fine. But now that we have this huge influx of all these paid departments going on you know, nationwide all over the place, you have guys literally, yeah, they could spend 20, 25 years in, but they're hiding from fucking calls the whole time. You have officers that they promote, and they're able, because of, of their seniority in the department or however shit shakes out, they're able to go to a slow station right out of the gate. They go to a slow station as a damn captain, and then... Then they go and they work an auxiliary spot. Either, you know, they'll go to fire marshal's office or they'll go to the administration office and be a damn quartermaster or they go to dispatch or some shit like that to finish out their last few years as a captain. And then they're making fucking chief. And now they're on scene making decisions and they never even rode the seat. Mm-hmm. They were at a station averaging four or five calls a day. And that but now they're the big chief. And then they have the audacity to come down to you. And you've been at a hothouse, you know, majority of your time, say, you know, you're you're just still a captain, but you've been at a hot house running 20 calls, 15, 20 calls a day, and this guy, just because he was able to dodge shit, he's he coming over here and telling you how to do your job. You just look at him like, what the hell? I mean, that's why I say I see it all, like, every day. Yeah, that shit is going on all over the place. You have guys dodging. So, to me, years of experience still don't even mean shit um, because you can, you can put 20 years in – And have not done anything. Uh, You could. 20 years you might have had two good structures. At some departments. You know the way it lands. New construction. However the the community is based. You may not. And then you take, take somebody that worked. At a super busy department. Worked in the hood. They're making two fires a month. And they do that shit for 20 years. Who has more experience? Boom. All day long.
1: Yes, and so I was listening to a Grabs podcast, and there's this department in our area that they were volunteer for a while, then they went paid, and that's kind of where they're at now. Well, they went to this, they got this rescue, whatever, but listen to the deal, it was a complete shit show. They had an injury on scene with the firefighter because there was a power line on top of the apparatus. Don't know how they got there. And um, (laughs) the firefighter got electrocuted and whatnot, and this was actually pretty recent, but the guy was kind of explaining his story. So he was a volunteer for you know several years. Then in 2020 they became paid. He got hired on as a firefighter, and this call came out in 2022, and he's LT. So I got to thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so count that we're at, line up. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this math is not adding up, uh-huh. and um, I'm like, okay, this is a serious problem. Yeah. You know, and uh, just validating what you're saying is that. Even volunteer years, and you know, volunteer is a whole different, you know, animal. That still doesn't mean you got the experience that you need, because it showed itself right here in this in this call. Oh, It's absolutely. being uh, described in grabs, but um,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and even the volunteer, the volunteer stuff. Uh, you know, I start off that way. You start off that way, but you have a million different levels of volunteer departments. You got volunteer departments that might run, you know, a hundred calls a year, or you have some volunteer departments they're running. Hunter calls a week. Hunter calls every couple of days. You know, there's some some very, very, very professional volunteer departments out there that are running way more than even some career paid places. So it's a huge desperation there, and you can't even. There's no way to uh, to validate some of that because, yeah, well, my, I, you can say your years of service or this, that, and the other at, at one place, but it may not even be the same. By the end of the day, experience is what makes you make the correct calls on scene. And that's what saves people's lives. That's what protects your life and your crew's life is that experience and good judgmental calls. And years of experience don't do that. Not not in this day and age because guys aren't working at one department for their whole career. I mean, there, there is people that a large majority of people, they may start off one place and then they're going to another place a few years later or whatever. And it's completely drastic department to department. It's, it's drastic changes. Um, so this whole years of experience, man, I hear it all the time, uh, especially amongst uh, older General Wall. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years, so I know what I'm doing. Okay, well, that's cool. But at the same time, when was the last time you, you've been a chief for, for 15 years now or even longer? Because uh, there's some chiefs that I know of. It's been longer than I've been alive. Since they were on our frontline apparatus, so I want to know. And of course, we can have this conversation because this is our platform, and uh, you know everybody can get fucked and get off of it. Don't listen if they don't like what we have to say. But we can't have this conversation in the firehouse about the relevance of your years of experience to what the hell is going on now. So yeah, you might have been in forty fucking years. That's great, awesome. Thank you, you know, you've done your contribution, this, and the other. But if you ain't been on apparatus since 1991, what is relevant in your, your experience to today's fire service? All the gear is different. All their apparatus are different. Everything medical is different. Absolutely everything medical is different. I mean, in the last 10 years, EMS has completely fucking changed. It's. I mean, you still have your basic line of stuff, but drugs are different. Equipment is different. Protocols are completely different. Um, access to just all types of, you know, all the clinical study, everything that's done, come down the pipe. It's it's just a completely different environment. So how is your experience from 30 years ago relevant in today's fire service? Besides, well, it's the way we've always done it. Because that's your go-to. That's that's the conversation that we're going to have. That's that's your, your reasoning for everything. Well, it's how we've always done it. Well, that's great. But what if in the military if they're still 100% using tactics they they fought in World War One on in Afghanistan, in Iraq, because that's the way we've always done it.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> and dude, well, I'm glad that you brought this topic up because, man, if you go look at line of duty deaths from, you know, back in the 40s and stuff and 70s till now, it's drastically decreased. And, um, and there are several factors in that, like gear and stuff, but it's also the education. You know, like, you Maybe whenever I go vent this place, I don't stick a vent fan where the guys are going in and fighting <laughs> fire. You know what I mean? And maybe I don't open this door, you know, to create this flow path while guys are inside and stuff like that. A lot of the education wasn't there back in the day. No, go in. It was kind of just like a bunch of Vikings running into a house and killing people. You know,
0: hey, which is I mean, <laughs> still awesome. But, <laughs> but it, it's still I mean, cool. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about back then. You know, they're not air packs weren't even a thought. No, you know, that that was that was just. Fairy dust, really. That I mean, even full-on gear. So, yeah, you're talking about drastic change from then to now. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I I don't – fires are different. I mean, essentially, some of the same tactics are still there, of course. You know, kicking doors in and going in with a hose line and putting the wet stuff on the red stuff, absolutely. That is still there uh, to an extent. But – with everything being different building construction your fire takes it fires are hotter everybody knows that fires are hotter Mm -hmm. than they've been i mean it just and they burn way faster so you really you got to be we our generation has to actually if you fight fire like we do we got to be faster and more aggressive than they did back then but they want to say they were the badass ones and they were to an extent Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of development that went on then and i give Hey, you go in without an air pack, and you breathe that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got lungs of steel, and you're awesome. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on that part. Um, but it's still, we have completely different obstacles that we have to jump over than than even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, man, I just, it's the the years of experience just don't that that doesn't hold a credibility in today's fire service. I, I just don't feel like it does. Um, so there's it, still value in it. There, oh, there's absolutely value in it, but it's not—it's not to the point where it is not. I want to use the word regulated, but uh, it doesn't reflect like it should. Okay, so take me for instance. I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, if you look on the books, I have 14 years in. Rob, yeah, just just rolled 14 years. Okay, well, eight of those years I worked two full-time jobs. So, if you match my time in a station, if we count that off, time in a station, time, because that's what it says on the, on the time served, service time. Mm-hmm. So, if you actually calculated the hours on a payroll working for a department, you know, your normal, I'd say most departments on average, you work around 2,000 hours a year. That, that's about the average. By the time you do your shifts and everything, depending on what you take on or what you do in vacation, take off, and all that kind of mess, you're around 2,000 hours. Well, if I'm averaging over 4,000 hours a year because I work two full-time jobs, so shouldn't that be double-time? So those eight years should actually be 16. So you're actually talking to a 22-year guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I can't do that because the way that they, they, they calculate their service time when you turn in your shit is strictly uh, one, one job, one department. You can't double-dip. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like experience-wise – this is what it is. You know, if you're working two full-time jobs that you're running fifteen, twenty calls a day at both or or less or, you know, give or take or whatever, you're getting double the experience than a guy that you that that only works one job and goes home. hmm So how can we, as a fire service, that there has to be some sort of ability to to give that the credit that it should, because Right now, it just goes off years of experience, and guys will claim this, and it has nothing to do with what they've actually done. You know what I
1: mean? Yes, and I think it just goes down to the culture of it. The Whoever you go work for or who you, who you decide to work for whatever, they just need to look at that. Like, okay, this guy's been working these two jobs, two full-time jobs. He's got a lot of experience, and, well, he's worked a lot of hours, more or less. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like you said, that doesn't validate your experience, but it does validate that you've been at the firehouse for a while and whatnot. But – um, Essentially, you know, I don't think it is a fire service that – it gives it credit, but as far as, you know, like TCFP numbers and stuff like that, no. I mean, I think it'd be kind of somewhat harder to regulate that in a way that would well, benefit uh, you.
0: I have an idea uh, of what the fire service as a whole could do because we're basically already doing it with, um, you know, inference reports and everything like that. So –
1: Oh yes, I remember talking about this.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's just an idea; it'll never fucking happen. But I think it's a cool idea. So maybe somebody listening, you you could change the entire fire service by trying to push this into legislation. But um, it's just a cool idea that I I came up with. But I basically stole it from military. But you know, military, you have your DD two fourteen when you get out. Well, you of all people knows exactly what it lists. But you know, it lists your your accomplishments, everything that you did, your areas that you deployed at, you know, everything like that. And you can't bullshit that. So, you know, if you have a guy that's, oh, you know, I, de- I deployed to Iraq four fucking times, but then you pull up his paperwork and it shows he never even went overseas. Boom, busted, you're done. Uh, you know, or they try to claim, i got such and such, you know, star, uh, you know, silver star with valor because of this, that, and the other. And he's straight, like you're saying, you know, straight up stealing or making up the story, stealing somebody else's story. You look at his DD-214, boom. Uh, bro, you never even went to that conflict area. What are you talking about? So you, you, you could knock out that whole deal. So kind of what my idea was on this whole experience that we're already uploading yearly, fire departments are all having to upload to INFERS. So, you know, and then for us in the state of Texas, we do our yearly certification renewal. We have to have our CEs. So why not take and, and kind of cross-reference on those INFERS reports of everything that's in, in that, your information, and it uploads to your, um, your service file with the state that holds your certification of, okay, well, Heath Meredith made this many structure fires for this year, this many extrications. You have to log all that crap anyway, so why mm-hmm. not, you You know, this many extrications, this many med calls. This You can get as in, in detail as you want, but then that is then attached to your certification. So say you do go to another job or you're looking to promote or, you know, you're, you're getting ready to retire, but then, you know, you want to apply for a chief spot. Well, that shit's on your cert. So when they pull it's like, okay, yeah, great. He's, he's an advanced firefighter. He's got this many years in. But we pull his stats. Oh, shit, this guy's made 500 fires. This guy's made 20,000 EMS, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you it, it would 100% give you the ability to validate what comes out of your mouth because it's like, hey, no, I made this many fires. Now, you are always going to have the guys that, shit, yeah, they make the fires, but they stand at the front door. Yes. But... <laughs> you're never going to get away from that unless we just can completely weed those guys out, which, with the shortage of manpower, the slugs are still going to keep a job. That's just a reality. But at least that that person having to be on scene, at least you knew they at least were able to witness some some tactics. They got to see some stuff. And then, shit, they had to roll a pose and do overhaul. So at least you know they had to work a little bit.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it does, you know, cut out a lot of factors. I mean... It doesn't validate it to 100%, but it might bring it to 80%, you know what I mean, yeah. oh, or 90%. Actually. It'd you know? be something. Yeah, it'd be something instead of just up to anybody on the street like, yeah, man, I've been working for the fire department for 10 years, and I made $2 million in three fires, and you just bullshit them all day long, and there's no way to freaking prove it.
0: Yeah, there's no way to prove it. And, and we, man, you're just seeing that time and time again with, I mean, I hate, I hate to say it, but you see it with fire chiefs. Our chiefs are in the worst spot right now because there's no real validation of it because they're able to just say, you know, yeah, i got so many years in, and then I've got these certifications, I've got this degree, boom, you're a chief. Now you're making decisions for everybody in the organization and controlling everybody's lives, and deep at heart, man, you might be a fucking liar. You know, I mean, that's... (laughs) We want, we, we're we we trying to build this platform on being in, in integrity and everything like that, but then you walk around and you see guys like that one, man. Firefighter paramedic, one year, boom, chief. That's a liar. And if anybody was able to actually pull those stats and be like, okay, well, yeah, he didn't really make any fires during this time period, and he was on the ambulance, so, yeah, he made some, some EMS calls, but does that necessarily qualify him to be a fire chief? Absolutely not.
1: No. And there's, like, certain things they can catch like that, you know, at least time and service they can catch, like, You might not know how many fires he made. You might not know how many calls he's ran. But, you know, you might know that he's been there for 20 years. But, like you said, that 20 years doesn't validate experience.
0: Mm -mm. No. No, not at all. Especially not with an ability at, like, larger departments to hide from calls. Mm -hmm. To be able to pick a slower house, go hide out there, go pick an auxiliary, you know, fire marshal, off, anything like that. I mean – They have their job, but that's not the same as making first-end fires. That's not the same as making bad extrications and doing CPRs and all this kind of stuff. You know, you being as a medic, you can't get that muscle memory of running a code and and being in the rhythm of a crew without doing it. You can't just walk on. I mean, you you can get a certification from ACLS all day long that says that you can run a CPR. Does that mean you can do it? Absolutely not. That does not mean that you can drop a tube good. That does not mean that you can get a line on the first stick. I mean that just that is stuff you have to get experience doing, and there's so many people running around that they're, what they're saying is just not backed up.
1: No, because training is not reality.
0: No, no it's it's a good it's a good repetition, but no, it's not full on reality, not at all. Um, and that and that's something we can we can dive into that a little bit more as far as the training because with a lot of departments you know that don't have a high fire volume. Um, whether they have new construction where everything's sprinklered and, and everything's up to fire code. So it just doesn't burn. Um, they have to rely on their live fire training to be able to get some level of experience. But that's where the departments themselves are going to have to start stepping up. Um, and don't let it just don't, don't go into these live fire trainings, just repeating the same old shit that you did in fire academy. Fire academy is supposed to be your basic. That that's where you come in. You learn the very basic level of knowledge and, and, uh, basically, I mean, sad to say, it, but it's enough to get by and, and not get yourself killed and know theoretically what you're doing. Uh, but it's no advanced tactics. It's no, uh, real getting into aggressive fire behavior. Uh, you know, fat, truly fast attack practices and everything like that. You're not doing that. So departments have really got to step their game up. And a lot of departments, people are moving and, and implementing training captain or, or training chief positions and stuff like that. Well, guess what? That person in that position, <laughs> they got to be the most experienced. Because you can never raise the bar of your guys through training if your training officer or training captain has zero experience. Cuz then that person can't do anything but teach a textbook. So then you have an entire training division and curriculum that's textbook. You know, that's very basic level textbook. You that how are you supposed to provide the best service to the community? And level up and do more and retain guys and all these these major hot topics that are in the fire search right now that we have so many problems with, if everything is just super basic and we're just going to teach what's on the slideshow and roll on, I mean I just i don't i don't to me it doesn't seem that complicated, but
1: uh, yeah, no, I completely agree and um and I'm not the most experienced guy, and I have a lot of experience to get, but I do know my place you know and what you know training and stuff you know that does help and whatnot. but you know that's why you know I'm moving to a different station here pretty soon Is because they get a lot more fires than what I'm at now you know and I want to be that guy I want to validate myself and honestly it does come down to a personal level it goes down to the individual if he wants to have experience or not yeah it's uh, out there he's got to oh, get sure. it
0: I mean i yeah I was a I was a, a a high volume high call volume chaser I mean that's where I went uh, I to my career where where it was burning I tried to go to the stations where it was burning Um, that was what was fun to me the money wasn't till now (laughs) now the money's a a lot more important but yeah younger years that's what I wanted to do Um, and that's that's a good mindset to have uh, but I know a lot of departments don't have that ability they just don't they don't have the the neighborhoods and everything Mm -hmm. that that you can transfer
1: to a a hotter station so yeah but also you know like and say your, your department doesn't, you know, have many fires. And that's reality. And there's nothing you can change about that. Mm-hmm. But you do have to substitute it with training. Even though training is not reality, it's, at least it's something. Yeah, it's something.
0: It's, it's reps, you know, um, especially when it comes to, to simple things like, uh, you know, pulling your cross lays. Um, you at least doing that a few times gets you in the, in the practice of knowing, how to grab the line, how to pull it off where you're, you know, not making a spaghetti bowl. You're not getting it all kinked up. It's coming off. Right. Um, now is that the end? all be all training. Absolutely not. Because that's, that's how you can make people absolutely get burned out and and tired of it. Is it this only training we have to offer is catching hydrants and pulling cross legs. Like we talked about that a little bit before, but that stuff will burn somebody out too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where you got to get more advanced and start getting into some, some cooler stuff. Um, you know, there's, I see on, on Facebook and stuff like that all the time, videos of, of people coming up with really cool drills and, and whatnot. Um, one of my favorite drills we used to do uh, as a crew, you know, go to a local little playground stuff, and I would, I would stretch the line all in and out, of obstacles and everything, then you black the black the firemen out, and they go and, and crawl through all this stuff, and, you know, they're just using their couplings to find their way. And uh, one of my favorite deals to do is I'd take them, I'd just drop them in, in the middle of the hose. It'd be wrapped up and going down the slides, and, you know, it's probably a freaking workman's comp nightmare, but, hey, it is what it is. Um, and you just drop in one spot, and then you let them crawl and be like, okay, well, uh, go to the fire. So then they they crawl in and fill until they get to a, to a coupling. Then they got to fill their couplings. They're under stress. They're hot. They're tired because – you know, it's always it's, it's hundred degrees yeah. in Texas all the time. So they're already hot. They're in full gear. They're on air. They're just blacked out. They can't see. So they're going. They crawl. They find their coupling whatever. And you either tell them, you know, go to the fire. So they got to know. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay, this direction to the nozzle, or oh yeah, this is back to the pump. So you tell them which direction you want them to go, and then they crawl all the way through it till they reach the end. Boom. And then as a, a treat for them. At the end of the day, after or after the end of the drill, when they've all gone, then I go sit in the in the back of the truck or in my seat or whatever, and I say, okay, y'all go set it up for me. And then they go set it up, try to get me tangled up as humanly possible. And they do the same thing to me, walk me out, drop me in, and tell me, okay, Cap, go this way or go that way, whatever, and then boom, I go do the drill. So it's a team effort and everybody's doing it, and then I'm I'm advancing because I'm doing a little advanced shit. It's it's more familiar uh familiarization on on your hose line being in a blacked out condition you know all that kind of stuff um and that's just a really cool drill but if you don't have any level of experience how do you even know that that drill would even work Mm -hmm. how can you even teach that drill on what it does to the firefighter that's hot tired blacked out can't see shit on air uh you know you can even mess with them and choke their bottle down a little bit and stuff like that you Really put the pressure on them and give them that stress inoculation where it's it's real. But if you don't know what real feels like, how can you teach real? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard I've heard some older guys and stuff. That, well, they're in their position at, at their department and stuff, and and to be quite frank, they're not very good. Yeah. Well, I, I teach at the college. I've been teaching at the colleges as an instructor for ten years. Okay. Like that's cool, but are you just teaching textbook? Very basic level tactics and me and, and fire, being a firefighter at the, at the lowest level over and over and over and over again. So you never even leveled up yourself. So how are you supposed to perform top notch at your real job here where lives matter? I get having to be at that. You know, you're teaching kindergarten level stuff to people first starting school. Um, and, and they look at that. Well, that's experience. No, it's not. Teaching... Isn't is a experience, but it doesn't necessarily. It's not the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not making runs. It's not making calls.
1: And that's what it always goes back down to. That's one hundred
0: percent when it comes to me. to me. That that's my opinion.
1: No, I agree. And it's the same thing with us. You know, and at a time we know we're not fighting many wars and whatnot. But you know, we did what we can when we could, and everything else was training. You know. it's just reality of it Because training is essential It's not We're not trying to take away from training It's got to happen But it's still not the same thing And I guess really what we're getting to Is Don't Act like you have all this fucking experience When you don't Because I know I don't have it You do have it Because you've been doing this for a while And you worked in places where we all hear horror stories from you know (laughs) well i've got some
0: but you saw like when i came down there to work with you on the industrial side shit yeah you hold yourself real quick yeah the only thing i knew about a plant was i drove past one Mm -hmm. you know i mean it it was it was you and a couple other guys that we worked with that drove me around the plant. i didn't know what any of that stuff was you know I, i knew very basic uh and that's a completely other animal that i've had to learn all about over the last year and still you know the uh Some of the guys, uh, the fire chief, you know, ask about about different pieces of equipment and everything. I'm like, no, man, we don't have that. I've I've never used that before. Oh, yeah, no, I just ordered it. I just wanted to know if it's something that you – no, I've never used that. Okay, well, yeah, we're going to do a training. Okay, great, cool. So then he's going to bring me in, showing me this cool new crap that I can't even pronounce,
1: you know. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And um, what we're trying to say is that, I mean, don't boast about your experience if you don't have any. No. You know, then be humble about it, and also just you know be open to, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I mean, you can articulate it better than I can. Of you know, the point of this is just we just get so fed up with people saying that they have experience, not experience in the military as well. And that's really the you know perspective I'm speaking on is that don't say you got it if you don't, because it's going to show itself. You're going to look it's like an ass, itself, yeah. and um, yeah, you can. It's not hide good for, for anybody. So long.
0: You can only hide for so long, and you know you want to. You want to preach about about community and culture and all that kind of stuff, and that's that's at the heart of it because that's just being being honest. That's being honest with yourself and being honest with it. Don't get caught up in the money and the bugles and the power to the point where it's going to cost you your credibility, and that's where I come at with with this whole experience thing because just being. Being in the point where I've been able to see and observe all these different people that flat I'm they have no credibility at this point. Because instead of either saying, you know, which we're gonna have an episode later on talking about promotions and, and really diving into to that whole aspect of it, but it's people that didn't have the ability to say, I'm not experienced enough for that position yet. That's okay. You don't have to advance. You don't or I mean, you don't have to promote is what I'm getting at. Whether mm-hmm. it's money or, or the power that you're searching after, money and power should never be your reason to promote ever. Um, it, your reasons for promote would, would be, the best reason to promote is because you feel that you have enough experience and value to be able to take to that next level to do good. That's what promoting should be. You're, you're looking around, and you know I, I I'm, I'm guilty of of not necessarily promoting. For the exact 100% right reasons. Now, did I want to promote to make some change and try to help out? Yes, absolutely. But um, now looking around, I mean, there's people, I, I literally just heard about one last night. There's some folks that we know, they literally have less than three years in the fire service and they're practically demanding that they, they should be a lieutenant. And I'm like, three years in? How many fires you made? Well, you know, I'm, oh, three years in, you're not even seeing big picture yet. I mean, we, talked about that on, on the last episode uh, you're not even seeing big picture you're still you're you can anybody can can show up and run a single story residential fire anybody can it's that's not that complicated now can it get dangerous quick yes it can because everything about this job can get dangerous very fast but anybody out of the gate should have enough common sense in this business by the time you've gone through fire academy and everything and to show up to a single story residential and handle it it's not that that's the problem it's all of the other circumstances that you come across. That might be a once-in-a-five-year call, once-in-a-ten-year call, once-in-a-career call. You never know. But if you don't have the broad level of experience, a textbook can't tell you how to do everything. Mm-hmm. The chief can't tell you how to do everything. You going to call him at 2 o'clock in the morning? Chief, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. This. This wasn't part of our talks. This wasn't something we talked about in your office. This wasn't something that, you know me doing you favors at the station of getting rid of people that you didn't like, this isn't covering me at 2 o'clock in the morning on this fire or this wreck or this bad hazmat spill. It's not handling it. What do I do? And then your guys are sitting there looking around at you. I mean, even as an officer, if you're like, if you promote it and you're on the pump or you're first in, you're it. You've got to make all the decisions. If you don't have the ability to see broad scope, broad picture, to know even where to start, you just endangered everybody in in the entire incident. Your your crew, the community, everything, all for what? Because you want a little power and you want a little money.
1: Yes, and that's pretty much the sum of all this all. Yep. I mean, if you can misconceive your experience, it's going to get people killed. Yep. And I'll be dead, so I ain't going to worry about it. You know, you're going to have to live with it. So, and that's really, you know... The, probably the worst circumstance that you know we can really – or a point that we could make is that if you lie about your experience and you get a position that you're not supposed to be in or you're not experienced in, you can get people killed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's, that's 100% your fault.
0: 100%. And that, that's my biggest concern when I, when I look around. That's why I, I, I'm so fired up about it, to be quite honest, because I just see it time and time and time again. I mean, I truly – when you ask me, I mean, it's an everyday thing. At some point every day, either seeing somebody on Facebook or hearing somebody open their mouth – and you're just like what in the hell? So, anyway, yeah, that's that's what we want everybody to take away from this: is don't lie about your experience. It's not going to get you ahead. The money and the power are not not that important. Um, protecting yourself, protecting your crew, protecting the community, and and being able to go home and look yourself in the mirror and know that you're not lying. You're not lying to have what you have. You're not compromising your credibility in this business because it's a small world and everybody knows that and you know if if you lie to get this position and then you end up you can't fake it till you make it and you end up getting cut out well now where are you going to go everybody knows now you're not getting another job and was it worth it that's just what we want you everybody to think about is it worth it
1: absolutely man you got anything else no that's it dude
0: Alright man, well uh we about to go find out what the baby is. Oh, that's gonna be exciting. Uh, we're gonna go do our uh our twenty uh, week ultrasound. So we're pretty stoked about that. Let's get that fourth girl. It'd be fifth. <laughs> it'd, it'd be fifth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she has three and then uh this'll make two for me. So yeah, it'd be fifth girl. Uh so we'll see I'm just trying to build a softball team you know might as well we are already <laughs> this far yeah right five more oh man I'm gonna need a bank loan pay for some stuff but uh anyway man well we'll see y'all in the next one y'all uh be sure and follow us on Facebook Instagram share the show and uh check us out the, the website is is live it's active we're waiting on shipments to come in uh for people to start fulfilling orders but uh you go ahead and check it out it's tellboardmisfits.com and uh, we appreciate all y'all's feedback just keep uh sharing us and let us know um if there's anything else y'all would like to hear us talk about we're going to start possibly moving into a little question and answer type stuff we're going to be bringing on some guests and um and getting their few points so you don't have to just hear me rant all the time um but uh that's all coming so y'all stay tuned thank y'all